Zum 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 We're gonna be an ASMR podcast so fast. It's happening. It's already happening. Honestly, I feel like that's a good niche. Like you're just a normal podcast, but also right. you do everything in ASMR mode. Mm. What does ASMR stand for, Sienna? If you were deciding, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> anti-semitism oh. as that's the only thing i could think of must rot anti-semitism must rot yeah that's good um you start a racist initiative always, and i'll I, finish it that was good yeah, yeah yeah that was good i i always want to do really big words that's my problem you do you really do yeah and i'm all about the little uh, okay. baby words a small miracle riley <laughs> That's something I've said to my brother Riley before. Yeah, yeah. He'll send me a funny tweet and I'll go, oh, a small miracle, Riley. <laughs> you just you just tweet, send back ASMR yeah, and he knows yeah. what it means. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Shout good. out to my sister-in-law, Charlotte, who celebrated her 30th birthday this weekend. Woo! What Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, bit, we love big, we love her. I just said, milestone. I just said, what a queen. And that's like a little foreshadowing into what I'm going to talk about today, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> um, how are you doing? Nice. How's your spirit? How's your soul? Doing, How's your mind? I'm doing okay. I feel I've been having a good couple weeks, which I feel, um, that's amazing. you've been having a bad couple weeks. So I feel like, <laughs> it's kind I, of like I haven't even been having, I don't even really understand it because I had, I was having like I had like the worst week and then I had like a great week and then this week has just been a lot like it's not good or bad it's just like a lot of sorting through emotions and just feeling like the main theme of this week so far is that my body is just vibrating at such an intense level and I just am exhausted (laughs) Mm. but it's not necessarily bad and I had therapy this morning um with my little group therapy that I go to it's really nice and all the people are really nice and every week we see each other and we like talk about our anxiety and it's it and it it was really nice and I had like some good breakthroughs so that was good but then I like had to have a nap after because I was just like I don't know I find it therapy exhausting yeah for sure Um, it's just like an hour or two of just being like why is my brain not good at this oh here you go and like yeah for sure the theme of like the last little bit that we've like been like things have opened up again is just realizing that like canceling plans doesn't serve me and like actually just going and doing the thing that I'm afraid to do will always make me feel better which is such a really hard lesson to learn yeah Um, man I love canceling plans I know but for (laughs) me it's like I love having things canceled and being like yes (laughs) yeah that's but. true. No, I do like that a lot. But I think yeah. it's it's like my anxiety is avoidant. Like I'm a, an avoidant person. So every time mm-hmm. I'm anxious, I'm like, I don't want to go in the world. Like I can't handle it. Everything's too much. But then every time I go and I like interact or I teach music or I like go work at the school I'm working at, like some amazing joyful thing happens that gives me hope and makes me feel good about humanity. And so it's always worth it. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's like real situations, that's just my opinion in the current moment. But what made your week good? good thought. Or what made your last couple of weeks good? How are you? Why, how'd you get there? What you vibing on? Oh, I don't see, know. okay. There again, I'm mental... going <laughs> this, sorry, That's this so whole funny. episode is going to be about what's coming later. Cause it's really okay. real. Ooh, foreshadowing 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've just been having a good couple of weeks. I feel like part of it is honestly just the weather, which today is kind of crappy outside, but it's mm-hmm. like, I have felt semblances of the sun and the springtime, yeah. you know, semblances vestiges of, of springtime. Vestiges of springtime. Are you doing an initialism right now? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm writing a song or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just feeling okay. Um, I was just saying to you before we started recording that I am starting Accutane now. I started, I just took my first Exciting. one literally like half an hour ago. So I really I'm really feeling excited it's... about that. A little nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. There's so many side effects and okay. they're like, 
scary oh, no. and bad ones. Like, okay, ones like, that are gonna happen for sure. I'm gonna get really dry skin, which is fine, whatever. Is that part of um, it? Doesn't that yeah. isn't the whole point to make your skin nice? Well, so basically, what it, it's vitamin A. Okay. It's like an oversaturation of vitamin A, like more than you would ever get naturally, you know. Okay. And basically, I think it stops your like oil glands from being oil which is like what acne is right like oil forming in your pores and whatever right yeah so that's why it causes dry skin but also it like stops acne in its tracks right and um yeah but then there's all this other stuff like if you have the ability to get pregnant you have to like be like really careful about not having that happen because if you do get pregnant and have the baby there there's like severe birth of defects to the point where like they like like five times in this process i've had people be like you're not gonna get pregnant right (laughs) okay you better not like you have to get like like, blood tested before you can even start to make sure that like your system can handle it um i can't drink for six months well like while i'm on it basically which is kind of about that i feel like good that like I am being forced not to drink but then also like bad that that's a thing that has to be a forced thing and like it is also kind of hard you know what I mean I feel like guilty that like yeah yeah. and I feel like bad that I'm even like struggling with that aspect of it you know what I mean I mean I I feel like whatever your like scheduled regular life is any change to that can be hard so I don't yeah, know. I would take that today in therapy. I learned about the concept of the second arrow. So there's something that happens to you that can be challenging, and then the second arrow is the guilt you put on yourself that makes it even more challenging. So just oh, take the second arrow out of that and just let it be okay. hard for what it is, and you don't yeah. have to make it harder by not being happy with yourself. Yeah. Um. Okay. Or live I your like life that. and be, be be mad. I don't whatever. Man, you want. be mad. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah you know, intense. just something. Okay, but also you can have like like depression and like suicidal thoughts and shit, so which scary. is not great. So we'll see. Check in on me in a month and uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. I mean, how I'm doing I, I'll but. check on you every week. We um, <laughs> that's like it's so intense, and like I know for you that it like goes beyond like it's not a vanity thing at this point like there's just like practical I mean, it kind like, of is and there's is nothing it? wrong with that yeah like well, I want to have a nice fucking face <laughs> yeah and but, like well I mean I guess I was projecting a little bit for me there's like so much like time and like energy and like effort it's like it is I guess maybe vanity but like behind the vanity is the like just sort of the more like human things that that come with that of like the feelings of like I this is something that causes me stress and like takes time out of my life and like you know what I mean like and just having being able to like not think about your skin all the time or like for me like my skin and my hair whatever like if I could not think about that less my life would be better so it's like I know it's like it is surface level but it's also like deeper which I think is like looks in general right it's all it's all both I don't know if I just projected on you hard no like there I did de- like I definitely pick my skin so much so I and I feel like almost at my wit's end where I'm like I just can't like it's just uncontrollable yeah. and like if I didn't have acne I wouldn't have it to pick so mm-hmm. you know I would have to figure it like a fidgetoy or whatever and obviously mm-hmm. I've tried some of that stuff but um that is part of it just like the mental strain of being in front of a mirror anywhere yeah. and just being like I have to die <laughs> yeah so I uh, like do that maybe I already said this in the podcast but I like sit in my sink and like get right up at the mirror like I do that yeah. every day it's a lot well I have this light you've seen this one you that I have, have the, that uses the, to light me up that Chris Jenner on makeup <laughs> Chris Jenner says, like, give this to your worst enemy. It's like the worst gift you could ever give anybody is like a mega Chris Jenner says that light up mirror. Because she just thinks they're so evil. Like they just Oh. That's give it very to their enemies funny. so they Coming can see all the Chris Jenner. <laughs> like that's so funny. Um Yeah. Well, I hope it works for you. And like, I don't know, I thanks. hope the side effects aren't too bad. And yeah. But I guess it's I just think- it's crazy the things that like you're willing to risk for clear skin no you're right (laughs) but I feel I feel like it's one of those things where like any medication you take ever there's so there's always so many side effects and like I took I took birth control like like pills and patches for years and the side effects are crazy like they're just crazy And like they I'm just kind have of to like, be like covering all their bases with. Their they have to cover, yeah, because it's like one person got dryness and one person got suicidal thoughts, and they have to put it on even if it only happened. But so anyway, um, 
I'm excited about it. I was saying yeah. to Henry that like now that I'm start like now that it's like boom, this is happening. It got prescribed. I just took my first one. That I'm like kind of like sad about losing my acne a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. I was like looking in the mirror and being like, oh, but it's kind of cute. Like it kind of just like I have never seen myself not with acne since yeah. I was a child. So it just feels like part of me kind of That's and like so in nice. the past couple of years I haven't really been wearing lots of makeup because it's been COVID so like why am I gonna put on a right. face of makeup and put a mask on it like so familiar. I've just kind of gotten used to it yeah, yeah it just feels really familiar so and then I'm Self-love like love moment but I'm like I've never once felt like this it's like when you're about to take a shower because your hair has looked like shit for three days and then you are about to get step in the shower and you're like wow but it looks so nice looks right so now wavy and- <laughs> for like one second yeah yeah, no, that's um I mean, I totally relate to that. Like there was a there was moments of like before I got my eyebrows tattooed on where I'm like, okay, well I'm never gonna see my face just like as it is anymore ever again. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of a like you know, and I really like put effort in before I got them done to like go out without eyebrows on and I like really made it a whole deal. Yeah. And so by the time I got them I was kind of like okay with how I looked and it was still a very good choice, but definitely I know like, yeah, you get attached and also like even cutting, I don't know, just I've noticed, I, I don't know if it's just like growing up or like, but every change that happens in my body, like, like a, like even like an injury or whatever, like every version of me feels like this new version and I kind of like grieve the old versions or yeah, like cutting my for hair sure. for sure was a big one. And I, t- I relate to that for sure. Even, even things- though they're all there and like, like these external things, especially are just things that you know they don't really mean anything about who you are as a person no but, the, but it feels like we've got this list of like yeah. attributes that we you know have for ourselves and then w- once we take one away it's like whoa yeah everything feels shifted I'm having a really and it feels so good just to be shifted <laughs> that's a, that's not the lyric it's actually lifted but Becky used to sing that song all the time and it just made me think of it Diane uh, Reed's sh- lifted not shifted um, <laughs> shifty. Uh, but I'm, yeah I'm having this phenomenon where like the person I presented myself as online for so many years just like doesn't feel true anymore and mm. so I'm not on Instagram at the moment too much but like I've considered I like won't do it like I would archive it and like save all this stuff but I've kind of just like considered deleting it because I'm just like oh that's like that's cool like she was there and not as a like I would keep it as a record for myself in some way like digitally but I don't know it just feels so disconnected from who I am now and I don't know it's just a very weird I never thought I always thought that that person who I was was going to be like so at my core and I just feel so different now I don't know yeah no for 100 percent. yeah I look at back at old like photos and like my old Instagram profile I'm like oh this is like yeah and it it, fe- it feels tricky I think especially on a platform like Instagram where like that like if you look at somebody else's Instagram you're like oh this is what this person is like yeah you know this is the kind of clothes they wear and right. this is like what you know where they like to like what they think is special or beautiful or about themselves or about the world or whatever yeah or funny or like you know and it just gives you an idea of a person then to look at your own and not resonate with it it's like well what image are you selling to other people totally and if they don't know you and never meet you they're never gonna know but also I like to think about it like you know what that's my profile and people will meet me and when they meet me they'll they will know who I am and at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what people think about me online except like to yeah. go and listen to our podcast or you know listen to my music or whatever but for sure I yeah. would rather people just know me in person and like realize the person who I am than like get an idea of me because also like you don't you don't really need to care about the opinions of people who just form them based on one fact and that's it and the, no. the fact of it you know what I mean like yeah I think the deleting for me would be like a digital haircut it's like totally a personal thing <laughs> I like that of just like letting go it's just a letting go. It, it's like really not about anybody else. It's just that yeah. person I held on to so strong for a really, really long time. And I like needed her. She was like, she got me through the like, the really, you know, dramatic, like full face, like vibey, yeah. glamour, you know, like that was all so essential to feeling okay in the world. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel true anymore. So I think, I don't know, I probably won't do it, but I definitely think about it. And, um, 
I just never thought I would change this much. Even though I was like, in yeah. my head, I'm like, I'm going to change. I'll be different. But I didn't think I would feel different internally so much. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I, it's funny. I, I resonate with this so much and having trouble forming words right now, but no, definitely. I'm glad you like, resonate because I yeah, think it's 100%. just me right here. But so, I do think that it is nice to see the progression of yourself as a person, even to just look back on, which is like why I, well, I'm not going to delete stuff, even stuff that I find embarrassing. And like, I still have stuff on my face. Like I have thousands of photos when I was 13 oh, at camp too. on Facebook, thousands. And snow day so one and snow day two photo shoot. <laughs> yes great seven <laughs> and it's like it's fun to be able to go back and look at those even yeah. just as myself so I like most people don't aren't doing that most people aren't scrolling back that far to see mm-hmm. you know those versions of you but yeah I think um, it came up like I realized it and I um I was like talking to someone I hadn't met before and I was sort of I used to feel this like deep pressure to be seen and like to like show someone everything about who I've always been and who I ever I was like I, I don't know it was almost like I've done all this cool stuff and I've like been this amazing person for this long and like if you were just meeting me like I need to show you everything so that you don't it doesn't just like disappear you know yeah and then I was meeting this new person recently and I was like I don't actually like need to tell you anything about who I used to be like all that really matters right now is like I just it was like a drop pressure and I don't mm. know if that's just you know I'd like a new level of acceptance with like the changing process or what but I was like oh I've never not wanted to like tell everyone like oh and in high school I did this thing and then I went to this university like I you know it was very cool Uh, I I think it like I understand wanting to tell all these special moments and like special things about yourself because also I feel like if you don't bring it up sometimes it won't come up naturally and then you don't get to tell like cool stories yeah. that you have you know which totally. is kind of sad but at the same time like I think it's really lovely when like I do like I still find stuff out about you that I'm like oh my mm. what you did that <laughs> like that's you know and it's so fun and it's like it just yeah. like adds to the narrative right. I have of you in my head or whatever you know what I mean for sure um, and it's like more like you hear about your parents when they were younger you know like it's not it, I think yeah. the, it doesn't come so much from the place of like if I don't tell you everything about who I've always been, I will disappear. It's like, now Mm -hmm. it's just from the place of like, oh yeah, I did those things and it was cool. And like, you know, or whatever, or like I went, yeah, yeah. it was hard, but it's less of a, like, I need my memories to be in someone else's head. So I don't disappear. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I need you to know me the way that like, yeah, how I got to this point from all these different. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm just like, like, see see how I showed up like I've been working so hard to show up this way like just be with me how I showed up for you you know yeah for sure um I didn't really mean to go off on that big talk about that do we ever mean to go off no um oh you are frozen Sienna is frozen I wonder what will happen in the recording so (laughs) I don't remember what we were talking about um that's okay big interruption yeah let's get get into it okay fun would you like to take it away sure so taking us away um take me away (laughs) so a little bit something different today uh we wanted to do something in honor of black history month as a disclaimer neither savannah nor i are black um but we think it's important to try and learn some stuff and just like mostly talk a little bit about it, provide some resources that we learn from and, you know, maybe you will learn something new. Maybe you will be like, you're wrong. And please feel free to tell us if we are wrong about anything. Love to hear it, feedback. And yeah, just wanted to learn something new about Black Canadians um, or Black North Americans. I think that's what you're doing, Savannah, kind yeah. of something more it translates um, yeah um so, and a piece i'd add to that that i was just thinking while you were talking thank you for that intro uh is that like reparations are real and if you have the funds to play uh to play to pay the people that are educating you online the black people people of color the indigenous people in any circumstance like if you have you know to subscribe to a patreon or you know people put up their paypals like if you have five dollars ten dollars it's like not a it's not just a, like a concept. Like you can really just send people 10, 10 bucks and thank them for their for their info. Um, and that's something I've been trying to do a little more 
Um, and just think like, don't have a coffee one week and send someone who taught you something about black history or black now, nowness. <laughs> uh, some some money because reparations are real and i know we're like all struggling artists and money is not always right there but five dollars is you know put your money where your mouth is that's my thought on that great that's great all right go that. ahead bring it on okay um so i was like i want to learn about black canadians and i found this tvo like interview with these three black like scholars um this was like in 2012 but they talked about a bunch of cool stuff and I was like and it's all really quickly so we'll link this um but you guys can definitely check this out it's got some really interesting just like history little tidbits so then one of them mentioned this guy Richard Pierpoint who is who I'm going to talk about um but yeah what's, what's it called bringing overlooked Canadian black history to the fore the agenda with Steve Pikin that is <laughs> the video that I watched and um yeah it's got these lovely black scholars talking about Canadian history mostly and yeah anyway so Richard Pierpoint let me tell you about him I as a as a another disclaimer I am really not great with history I didn't like it in school and some of this is about like the like Canadian history as as I know we were taught in school like the quote-unquote white Canadian history yeah so you know I apologize if I get anything wrong on any sides because uh... they're talking about the war of 1812 and I'm like cool I know when that happened it was in 1812 that's about it so you did not like when I did the history of geological time either I remember that no I did like that just kidding that okay was an overarching okay anyway so disclaimer so Richard Pierpoint was born in 1744 which like that was almost 300 years ago it's crazy to think about um wow. he was, he was born, born in Senegal then? I know um and he was brought over on American slave ships in 1760 so he was 16 mm-hmm. um he worked for 20 years. He was enslaved. And then in, I guess it was 1780, the war started to happen. Between, <laughs> the war of 1780? Between British and, uh, like, British loyalists and the rest of, like, the, the, 13 the Americans. War? Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it, right? Like, the, I think the Confederacy called- versus the... Oh yeah. no, we're really embarrassing. No, 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 not Confederacy. That's oh, later. Oh, not that war. I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Yikes. <laughs> where were those British loyalists? <laughs> okay, I know a lot about this one guy, but I don't know a lot about everything else that was happening at the same time. Which we'll, um, we'll continue. Learning is a we'll continual continue. process. We're going to continue yeah, to for learn sure. about this. Um, but basically, the British Army. And the Americans, I think it must have been the Civil War, they were yeah. fighting. They, The British wanted to stay in control and have Canada or North America as one thing. And the American colonies, I think they're called, wanted to separate the 13 American colonies. Um, so the British Army was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to offer all the enslaved Black people um, freedom in the northern part of Canada so like they called I think it was called upper Canada at the time that was like upper and lower that was the war right Mm -hmm. um right they (laughs) offered right please please tell me please please, I don't know know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um they offered them a chance of freedom and land in Canada if they would fight in the British army so he decided to do that he fought in the British army in 1780 that's so crazy and he became a free man in Canada, um, I somehow I did not write that year down, but like some sometime in the 1780s. That's crazy that you had to like go to war to be free. That's yeah, seriously. That's and so like, upsetting. Also, to have to fight for like the like, country, that... the white cause. Yeah. Who is like it, like not that, not that like it it makes the British seem kind of good. They were like we know you guys want to be free and like, we'll let you be free. You just have to fight for us first. They and literally like, are the colonizers though. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay. Um, like are not, are, am I wrong that the people who want to 
not be British are just British people from like a hundred years before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't everybody British? Don't want to be British. Yeah, hundred percent. Birds. Okay. Um. Yikes. Yeah. So it, it it's basically like the the lesser evil, but he decided right. to do that. Um. Also, by the way, his name Richard Pierpoint is like was given to him by like his like like slave owner. So he I don't know what his given name is. It was it didn't come up in my research um and yeah that's pretty sad is like yeah so many family family lineages have lost their names that they were like born with you know because they were property like that's quote-unquote property disgusting so yeah what were you gonna say sorry well I was just I'm, I'm I know that there's like developments with 2023 and me and whatever and I'm wondering if like that has been remedied at all through like the science of going back genetically but I don't know like if that only works for people of like European like I don't know how how racist is 23 and me like how how effective is it against um because the records like that's a good question. I don't know how how much it's about records and how much it's about like just like genes um I don't know I think probably like, there could be some answers there but then it also like you know if you are a person who finds out your family name is something different than what it is now then do you like claim the older family name and like erase the past 200 years of history of your family you know what I mean I have no idea I it's Um, very sad it's very sad and I'm speculating but yeah keep going okay so um yeah he was granted his freedom in upper Canada which is like basically it's Ontario yeah um and like around St. Catharines, he was given 200 acres of land to farm and like make a living and whatever. And he right. did that for a while. Then Uns- he sold his land. Unceded he- indigenous land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That they were like, there's tons of land here. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Do you remember how they taught us that in school? Sorry, this is not about what you're saying, but like they taught okay. us like they had the posters up and it was like, come and there's just all this land and come to Canada. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never said anything else about that. Okay. Car- yeah, carry on. It's, it's wild to think back well I think that's part of why I wanted to do something that was like a little historical because from excuse me from what from what I do remember of learning history in school it was like very obviously very whitewashed yeah and I think there's so many of those things that are ingrained like even you talking about that like I like I'm like oh yeah I do remember that and those become parts of your brain you know Uh that like you have to go and unlearn actively or like yeah they get brought up and then you go huh wait maybe that's not right like things that you're not even consciously thinking about yeah (laughs) okay um oh I was just making a joke so okay so he is in Canada farming he's in Canada he's farming um and he owns this land he owns this land yeah he actually decides to sell it eventually and he works as a farmer he works for his white neighbors and all this to say that i i have no conception that life was easy for him in 1780 in canada where all everyone else is white um i i I couldn't find a number of like how many people there like how many like white people and indigenous people there were in canada at this point but there was about a hundred free black people in canada at so 17 yeah wow so yeah so like n- not a lot um, yeah this like predates the underground railroad and stuff i'm pretty sure yeah yeah um, i mean i'm pretty sure <laughs> it's okay let's keep going <laughs> okay so in 1793 he established the colored core it's cor- core right he c-o-r-p-s core oh Corpse? yeah core, core. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I knew it. <laughs> um, and from what I found, there was both free and enslaved people in that time. Um, so, like, even though people, there was free Blacks in Canada who had, like, exchanged their freedom for fighting in the war, or vice versa, you know what I'm saying, um, there were also still enslaved people in Canada. Like, mm. it, it, it didn't mean that Canada was great um yeah um where's that other thing that i wanted to talk about oh yeah the act to limit limit slavery in upper canada this was passed in 1793 the colored corps was formed like shortly after that so basically the act to limit slavery in upper canada one of the governors was like you know we should limit slavery guys and everyone else was like 
no, we shouldn't because so much of our agriculture and our, you know, our Ooh. businesses rely on having slaves. Also, what, so, like, we should limit slavery. What, like, what is the, uh, well, they, the, like, the, that, apparently the, the governor wanted to like eliminate it, but oh, everyone oh, else was eliminate like, it. Okay. Nah. And so they came to this compromise of limiting it. So basically there was, they're not, they weren't allowed to like import slaves into Canada anymore. I don't know how to say that. Um, they, right. they weren't allowed to bring any more slaves over. And the term of enslaved people was, could only be nine years, but like, how does that even work? And why is that better? I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I guess like, it's, I guess it's better, but like, is it? Yeah. And then also like, I could see it being like, how long have you had this person enslaved and you'd be like oh it's only been three years but it's actually been 10 right like and there's like who's fighting for enslaved people yeah like you know it, it, everyone was white who was in charge so like of course people could overlook it so yeah anyway um that's what was going on then and richard pierpoint kind of established this colored core um i think because he wanted to like have a you know kind of community of black people who had been in the war and sorry there was 30 people in it at the time that was out of the 100 free mm. black people in Canada so 30 percent of them joined um in 1793 and you know it was like a military thing they weren't there wasn't an act of war at this point so they weren't really doing too much mm. then in 1812 um he, Richard Pierpoint proposed this idea of the Corps, like mm -hmm. joining the military, um, because 1812, the War of 1812 was about to occur. <laughs> and um, the government denied it. And then the Americans si sieged upon. <laughs> mm -hmm. They, they sieged. They, they sieged the fourth, the town of Sandwich which is now called Windsor. And I think it's so funny Aww. that it used to be called Sandwich. I didn't know that. There's a sandwich in the States too. I have a friend who's from Sandwich, Vermont. That's amazing. What kind of sandwich? I don't know, Vermont. <laughs> Cheese, tomato sandwich, probably. Um, so the Americans sieged it forth and the government was like, okay, wait, maybe we do need some extra help here. Um, and so they allowed this, this, colored corps to be part of the military um and the main reason that they like wanted to be involved was because they knew that if the americans won the war they might be forced back into slavery in the states right or or you know all over because if that became the whole thing was america right <laughs> worse <laughs> that, that became if the whole thing was america <laughs> really good oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so no, bad okay. at talking about history um okay and then this is a quote taken directly from this website that i was reading from because i thought it was very interesting so by late august the core of an all-black canadian company had formed in niagara as part of the first lincoln militia but instead of granting richard pierpoint command the honor was bestowed to a local white officer of course, Captain Robert Renchi, characterized as a, quote, worthless, troublesome, malcontent, quote, by his superiors, Renchi fulfilled his reputation for poor leadership by segregating Black men from other militiamen. In some cases, Renchi hired out Black soldiers as domestic servants to other officers. So basically, oh my God. Richard Pierpoint, even though he had experience serving in the army before yes. and had formed this colored court almost 20 years ago at this point, he was not given the honor of being the commanding officer for this group. Wow. It was given to a white guy who was a bad leader and who would basically like pimp out his people who's supposed to be in charge of him protecting. He would pimp them out basically as slaves <laughs> to do domestic service. Like that's awful. Like fuck you. Um, and then, yeah. so also um, there was one morning where they went to, battle like you know big dangerous battle and Renchi <laughs> was nowhere to be seen he said it says having absented himself on the morning of the battle which what does that mean he didn't show up for work he resigned after that point um 
So it's like, just like for first you give this white guy the power of it and he's horrible. And then also he res- he doesn't even show up to do the thing. Like, <laughs> brutal. Um, big, yeah. Big, so, scary, dangerous battle. It's a battle. Um, so basically, eventually the war ends. The America does not become the whole place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Canada still exists. And Pierpoint applies to return to Africa to the governor because he wants to, he has not been home. He hasn't seen his family mm-hmm. in, I guess at this point, like what, uh, 50 years, over mm. 50 years. Mm. And so he applies to go home and he's refused after all oh. his service. Um, so instead of letting him go home, he gets a hundred acres for, for being part of the war effort. Once again, giving away the land. Um, but that's only half of what the white army soldiers. men were getting. Soldiers, thank you, army men. My what God. is the point of refusing his request to go home? I don't understand. I, I don't, I really don't know. I, um, I, I can't, it's I all can't understand it. And like, you know, yeah, it's not surprising anymore. Like we know, we know this, but fuck it. Yeah. Um, the only, you know, not the only good part. I'm sure he had some lovely parts of his life. He lived for a long time, which is pretty cool. He lived till he was 94. He died Whoa. in um, 1838. So after the war, he had like 15, 20 good years of wow. um, living on this land. And it was just outside of fergus ontario i think wow yeah um yeah so that's kind of it about himself also he i'm trying to find the word because i forget what it is but um oh a griot it's a west african storyteller historian and troubadour who preserves and shares genealogies histories and oral traditions so even though he was like enslaved since the age of 16 he carried with him this like legacy of um they liken it to a bard in this one thing Mm. i was reading which is like i feel like the white version of same thing basically a story storyteller who tells like Mm. histories of their people and he can he continued doing that after like the war and everything so wow is that spelled g-r-i-o-t yeah okay so one of my sources for my sharing is is a a, and i guess it's a publication also an instagram page called the grio so i'm wondering if that's what that comes from interesting probably like a storytelling like you know it's new it's a yeah. it's a black news uh publication yeah interesting okay that's really cool yeah um, so that's him I'm, um so Richard, i just wanted to your point Pierpoint? yeah i just wanted to bring up one more thing and it's a link i will put in the description, our description as well um but just this video that, that i was watching on youtube of this like she's like a filmmaker documentary maker and she just she's black and she's from nova scotia and she decided to make this documentary but her family um because they are i think she said seventh generation canadian and um just i like it's it's a pretty like i want to say like mundane documentary like she's just basically talking to her family being like and they're like showing family photos and Mm. talking about their generation of you know growing up in nova scotia and you know going way back thinking about the family history um, and it's it's not like boom crazy crash landing of something happens but it's just like about her life and yeah. talking about being proud of being Canadian but being frustrated that so many people ask her like where are you from and when she's like Nova right. Scotia they'll where are you really from like that kind of like right thing that we've always heard of people doing and it just sucks because like family seventh generation Canadian her ancestors probably fought in the war that made Canada become what it is today mm-hmm. you know so yeah just something to think about and yeah it's all those little things right that like the I mean they're like macro microaggressions because at some point it's like yeah the impact is I mean I don't know but from what I've read and understood it's like those things really add up um thank you for sharing about Richard Pierpoint I hope he had beautiful days in the sun on his land in the last 20 years of his life yeah me I, too i hope he had some joy and i wonder if he has descendants i don't know if he has family here um yeah i didn't see too much about that either um but from that, my research so i don't know 
is really cool. Uh, and I learned something new. And yeah, it's nice. Like, I think the only sort of Canadian history people that, like, I think the only people we got were Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman in elementary school. Like, those were the only two I recall actually learning yeah. about in my school. So, and there's so many more. And I found definitely in my research, like, um, I'll post in the link, like, there's a really good um, 28 part uh special where there's like um a black person canadian young like i think most of them are pretty young and they're talking about their experience growing up in canada and then they share a piece of like canadian history so it's sort of like the two sides of like what's happening now and then like they'll share a story so that i'll post that um playlist to those youtube videos because they're really interesting um i'm gonna talk a little bit about aave which is also known as African-American Vernacular English. It is also known as AAE, African-American English. Um, There are two sort of more controversial terms for it. Um, One that is pretty, like, basically discounted as racist is the black scent. I mean, unless you're black, obviously, you can use that. But I don't know. I don't know if anybody would. I just, there are many of the people I looked at. Like, that's something that people on TikTok or, like, Twitter have used and it is generally found offensive Mm. um and then the other one is ebonics which also i couldn't quite figure out like the um the the next step of learning i have to do about this is why that word is sometimes used and sometimes not and how it can possibly be um offensive but also aave or aae is generally what i saw in my research Mm. so um basically what this is is the, a language I have a I like should read the definition that sure yeah um so it is a dialect and so the so the definition of dialect so my first source is that from this uh the the griot which I was telling you about and it's um this an episode by a woman uh and her name on YouTube is opinionated AF Daniel Young so the, the whole video is about how AAV is not internet culture, because that's kind of why I brought this up, because the way that Twitter, um, like, turned into, like, TikTok has, and t- took AAV and really appropriated it, like, white people really have appropriated it. So, yeah. but, so a dialect is a variety of a language, this is a direct quote, so a variety of a language that is distinguished from other varieties of the same language by features of phonology, grammar, and vocabulary, and by the use of a group of speakers who are set off from others geographically or socially and then cultural (laughs) appropriation is the adoption and co-opting typically without acknowledgement of cultural identity markers associated with an and originating in minority communities by people or communities with privilege and status so basically aav i'm going to jump a little around a little bit with my sources um yeah no worries but it's a combination of um language so basically it was developed out of the south united states so people were brought over enslaved and they were forbidden from speaking their own language um but also were not taught the language that was here and so it was um like you know ultimately black creativity that brought about this its own language and it sort of um has influences there's a um they call it creole so like a creole language is a combination of two other languages to make a new language and i think in the southern states like there's some french uh mm-hmm. and it, there's influences of aav and then there's also like patois in barbados and jamaica and so aav has elements of that so it's all kind of um it's like a living language so there's like combinations of all these things but it definitely came out of the south and like the creativity of black people inventing language for themselves um so yeah, so AAV is this like combination language that's been sort of developed and grown over time. And, um, you know, it's different, slightly different in different areas. So it's not the same all the way across the states. Like every region has its own version of it. And it there's a bit of a debate whether about whether it's a dialect or a, a vernacular or whether it's its own language. And some oh, of the people I listened to were like, it leans more towards being its own language because it has really specific rules about grammar and like phrases and there are certain words that are like unique to AAV so this is a quote from um, a really great article that I got most of my information from uh, by Sydney Thompson so here's an example of like a specific grammar thing so in 
the movie the original kings of comedy the king's mark tense and aspects when and how events occur with the tools of black talk this is from the sydney thompson article they place invariant b before verbs for frequent or habitual actions the songs be having a cause and use done for completed actions you done missed it and be and be done for future perfect or hypothetical events light lightning be done struck my house and they frequently del- delete is and are where standard english requires it so tiger instead of saying tiger is my cousin you say tiger my cousin or instead of saying we are confrontational say we confrontational so there's like these really specific rules that okay yeah um i don't know if that you picked up on that as no, i was no, reading no. that yeah so there's this argument that it is this language and the problem that you sort of get to is that um historically black people have been made to feel like stupid for speaking in a way that is not standard English um, or standard American English, which like already the name standard American English to be like, this is the standard and you are deviating from the standard, which is already like, you know, whatever white English or whatever you want to call it is already derivative of British American English. Yeah. And in Canada and in the States, we have different ways of speaking of things, different spellings of words even. Yeah. So So to say that there's a standard that's, and then just to put, like African-American vernacular English as this like totally separate thing is like, well, everybody's <laughs> there's yeah. no standard, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's totally, it is totally like the colonial, just like our education system is better. And like, it's just basically white supremacist vibes. Right. Yeah. Even and then vibes. also to say that, that yeah, it, to say that, you know, like our education is better, but then schools were segregated until like the fifties or sixties. Right. So how, like there was no choice to have yeah. an education that would could be better or worse because kids weren't given the same opportunities. Yeah. And still aren't. <laughs> Absolutely. And um what's her name? Danielle Young talks about how like yeah, early on young black people like are familiar with code the idea of code switching into schools and into workplaces where they, you know, maybe speak AVE with their family and their peers. And then, then when they go to school, especially if they're in a majority white space, they'll code switch and use like more standard English, American English. And this is because like AAV hasn't been given the same respect or like basically not that people don't understand that it is as valid as standard American English. And like you can learn through using AAV and it doesn't diminish the learning. Like there's just a lot of disrespect for it. And so... um. And so, like, the problem that we're facing now is that, which is, like, a classic problem of appropriation where white creators on the internet are taking AAV and using it in, like, almost a meme kind of way, like, and then making money and not not attributing the origins back to black people and also doing it in a way that is sort of, like, memeing it. So they're yeah. like making fun of it um, and then profiting from it. Yeah. <laughs> and Whereas giving... black creators who use AAVE just because they are, grew up using it yeah. are not like thought of as like funny or like, no. you know, smart or talented or whatever no. in the same way that a white creator using the same language. No. And given that credit. Yeah, and like historically have been looked down upon for using that language. Where yeah. now that white people, it's like you've created something new and interesting, which is like, you know, the same for music, dance, like classic, you know. And this, and Danielle Young talks like she's wearing a shirt in her video said that that says "Black culture is the culture," which is true. Like everything about North American culture has such deep roots in black art and black creativity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like to to even be like oh there's like black culture and then like uh, you know it's like we all are coming from this one place and 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 then the the problem is that well there's a really good quote i'm gonna read i'm gonna find it this is from this is from a separate article that was just about i was doing some research i'll talk about a couple um aave things that i find myself using that i'm trying to work on a little bit but so i looked up yas queen like the origin of yas queen because even I called you queen in the intro and like that's just something yeah. that has come into my vocabulary and um a person uh Cicely I think is how they say it. you say their name Cicely Bell Blaine 
um, has a quote that says, we just don't, we just haven't done enough work as a society to respect black lives, to respect black, to respect black communities in order for people to be granted that freedom to use those terms, which is like really what it is, right? It's, we're not, and then, oh, there's another great quote. Um, this is back to the Sydney the Sydney Thompson article. So in an ideal world, non-black people would engage meaningfully with black communities on a consistent basis, allowing them to recognize language that was invented by black people before taking credit for an for or incorrectly using terminology and other mm. products of black culture. So it is this thing of just like the respect that we're not at a place where we're still in a white supremacist society and white people are still profiting off of cultural appropriation. Um, and yeah, I just thought that point about like, cause a lot, I mean, honestly, I was reading these articles and then I scrolled to the end and the comments on these articles are so upsetting. Like, it's just a lot of white people being like, this is ridiculous. This is like policing my language. This is, you know, just like a lot of really angry internet people, but it, but it's like when you come back to that point of like, we're just not at a place where, um, language, like we haven't paid reparations. We haven't, done enough rebuilding and like community yeah like this stuff is still happening people are still racist there's still consequences for being a black person and doing nothing at all yeah and you know consequences are worse for black people who do get into trouble than they would be for a white person facing the same yeah like crime or whatever and black creators aren't honored the in the way they deserve to be like compar- yeah comparatively it's, like, it's all still a problem so we can't just yeah. erase that and yeah. like just be like yeah we can all t- talk however we want and like it, it just doesn't work like that unfortunately yeah. because and obviously like black people are not a monoculture and there were some people who said like it i don't it doesn't bother me especially if people use it with like knowledge or like if they're in a community like if it's like a white person in a black community and it's like a shared that's like less of an issue and it's more of an issue when white people are doing it from a place of not knowing right you know what I mean so there's like some there's definitely great like everything there's gray area about how this stuff works um and so I I mean there's a lot more to talk about with this (laughs) um but I just did a little bit of research I was like thinking in my own language what are the words what are the versions of AAVE that I use um and so I just did I just like googled a couple examples so um like saying af like as fuck mm-hmm. um which is something that it just it, and the argument for that people do is like well everyone on the internet is just doing this like we're all just doing this like it's just the internet culture and it's like no yeah. this is you know I didn't realize af was yeah A-A-V-E. yeah that's the thing too that I'm realizing is like no I don't know everything because the lens has been so skewed and we've been presented like we I think like yeah Vine and TikTok and all these like platforms has presented us all this language in this way that's like oh here's just like 2020 language and it's like no we're all taking this from like AAVE interesting Um, but anyway so that that origin the origin of AF is um and in 1988, NWA's Straight Outta Compton album had a lyric, I am sneaky as fuck when it comes to crime. And then that became the abbre- abbreviation, like, sneaky oh. as fuck. So that's the origin of that one. Um, and then I looked up mood, because I say mood a lot. <laughs> like, big mood, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that emerged on Twitter in the late 2015s um, as an evolution of the term... Oh, sorry, big mood evolved from the term mood. And it was used on black Twitter to denote relatable images. And it came to prominence um, as an internet meme in January 2018, which mm. like maybe was from a black creator, maybe not, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It like feels like there's usually some person that usually creates it and then and then like a white person takes it basically. And yeah. Makes it makes it more popular, which is not awesome. Um, it's bad, actually. It's not so much not awesome. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, so Yas Queen originated, like, from Black women and Black queer culture. Um, and then Vibe, which I say a lot as well, uh, was used in the 1940s as an abbreviation of the word vibraphone. And since 1967, as an an abbreviation (sighs) form of vibration... And using the word vibe to talk about a distinctive emotional quality or a person, place, or thing was popularized by hip-hop and rap music. So that's, like, 
also coming from i didn't even like go into this being like what are the aav origins of these words it's just like they all lead back yeah yeah because black culture is culture and we're (laughs) that's where we're coming from um and then a good example of like a creator um a black creator saying something and becoming popular is um, peaches monroe who was the first person ever to say eyebrows on fleek um and so she went viral she's a black person um and she went viral but now that that like after she went viral it was like makeup companies like h&m clothing companies were like yeah, putting yeah. fleek on everything everything's and, you know, up yeah yeah so she created this thing that didn't you know like exploded and yeah i feel like h&m or like urban outfitters are like a pretty prime example of appropriating things yeah and, like taking them yeah <laughs> anyway and it's like you know at one at what point does something meme or they viral become like when it gets monetized yeah she's not making any money from that but like she's the one who yeah. originally you know had the idea even if yeah. like even if it was like oh just like tr- being funny for like one second and like not even thinking about it at all like she still deserves that credit like i didn't even know her name no and I've, of course i've heard everyone say that say a million times yeah yeah and she did like she was able to start a business from her going viral like there was some um like she did have some That's financial good, but com- compared to like what the fashion industries or the makeup industry like are getting from using that yeah and yeah. I, I mean i don't know that she originated fleek but like she brought it to the mainstream by saying eyebrows on fleek basically yeah um and then the only other one i, I was i mean i'm sure there are more um but the other one I think of is like I say out like I I say I'm out here in these streets, which like of course is AAV. Like that's not a yeah. <laughs> that's not a thing I should be saying. It's not a white person who thought about that. In the first no, place. <laughs> no. But it so and what I realized that the reason I say that not that it's an excuse, but I listen to a lot of this podcaster and comedian Carl Tart, who is black, and I listen to him on like four podcasts a week, and he's always saying I'm out here in these streets. And you mm. like you know when you just like are around, you know like I'm not. This isn't an excuse, but like when you're around someone who speaks an accent of any kind, you like yeah or, yeah. or has like certain phrases, you kind of pick up on them. And I just didn't, I hadn't even realized that I had adopted that. And I was like, huh, like okay, Carl Tart, like I see you. Yeah. Um, you know, I appreciate the work you do and, uh, like the learning I've done from him and whatever. So it's I and I don't know like, I'm I'm not gonna make myself feel like terrible every time I slip up and accidentally say queen or like use these little parts but I think like the knowledge of where it comes from and like I I will I honestly will try to adjust my language because I don't I don't think it's you don't need any words right like there's not any phrases that are like necessary and if it bothers even one person it's like worth me adjusting you know yeah um but I don't I think know. it's good to be intentional about the language that you use, even yeah. if you do keep saying queen, yeah. you know, just knowing where it comes from. Yeah. Is... And there's a difference between saying you are a queen and saying yas queen, you know, like yeah, those are two 100%. different things. So it's, yeah. it's the intention. It's the knowledge of where it's coming from. And like, I don't know. I think it is in combi- combination with like, are you doing the, the work to like learn more and, and be researching and, and like being anti-racist every day you know (laughs) yeah 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 and if you are saying something that like are you serving the cause of like anti-racism or Mm -hmm. are you like hindering it like when you say you know certain things are you perpetuating negative stereotypes you know what I mean or are you like you know trying to pay homage to people on twitter yeah there's um just a list here so like on fleek af savage shade sip spill the tea woke are all examples of aav that have crept into a wider public vernacular upon being championed by non-black people Mm. which like i would not have so many of those are like yeah yeah wow i really didn't know like i really didn't know almost anything about this so yeah very interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah okay um I just wanted to point to one podcast very quickly. Um, Again, This American Life, but they did a really good episode. It's called Talking Well Black. They put it out uh, in January, and it's super interesting. It's about school boards in Texas um, and the result of the George Floyd being murdered and 
um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that kind of spearheaded, not spearheaded, like got very popular at that time Mm -hmm. with everybody, including white Americans. And Mm -hmm. yeah, basically it's just a really good episode. And if anyone is listening to this podcast and being like, stupid that we can't use AAVE, (laughs) you know, culture is culture is culture. I encourage you to listen to voices of Black people who are telling you otherwise and their lived experiences and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, your words don't exist in a vacuum and yeah. the shit is still fucking happening. And yeah, that episode of This American Life is really informative and also devastating. Um, and yeah, Black Lives Matter. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, they do. And also, please look at all the resources in our bio because we're really just trying to learn something new and like bring forth other information from people who've done way more work and are black and are like the creators. So mm-hmm. don't take our word for it, honestly. No, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you well, could I just... just wanted to be sponges in this, like sponges in the literal yeah. sense of we were filled up with information and then we squeezed it out very not super well into yeah. a bowl. <laughs> and uh, and you we should are go listen to the the listen people. to the the spout of yes. information coming from the mouths of black people. Yes, not these two white ladies sponges. No. <laughs> and we're very open to being wrong and learning. So if we fucked up, tell us. Uh, because that's what we're doing here. We're just here trying to grow and learn and improve, um, and be more loving. And Black Lives Matter. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Okay. This was a good episode. Thank you for teaching me about some Canadian history and, and a Richard Thank Pierpoint. Thank you for teaching me. Okay. We'll see okay, you next love week. Love you all. See you Bye. next week. Bye.